John describes the mystery of God speaking to us by becoming a person. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And this is verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Good evening. It's great to worship with all of you tonight on this special day of the year. I've been recently rereading uh, one of my favorite books, which is called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. If you guys aren't familiar with that book, it's this premise that everyone communicates love in one of five different ways, uh, words of affirmation, physical touch, uh, giving and receiving gifts, access service, and quality time. And as I was rereading this book for the sake of a premarital counseling I'm doing with a young couple, I was reminded of when my wife and I uh, went through this book ourselves when we were doing premarital counseling many, many years ago. And it helped clarify a lot of confusion that I had in my relationship with my wife, Becky. You see, while we were engaged, for a period of a few months, I thought that my wife didn't love me enough. And then after reading this book together, I realized that we were speaking different love languages. So my primary love language was words of affirmation, and her primary love language was giving and receiving gifts. And actually, words of affirmation, I think, was like dead last on her love languages. I think it was like number four or number five or something like that. And so uh, while we were dating and while we were engaged, I would say all these like really wonderful words of love to her, and it would just do nothing for her. So I would say things like, Becky, I love you. You're the love of my life. You mean more to me than life itself. And then she would respond by saying, okay, cool. <laughs> now, that's kind of a funny story to explain how words are incredibly powerful. I don't think you need to know the love languages in order to know that, right? We all know that words are incredibly powerful. Words can cause kingdoms to rise and fall. Words can bring about war or carry out peace. Words can create heinous crimes of, against humanity, against, uh, like, like the Holocaust, or it can ignite a civil rights movement. Words are powerful. And the author of the passage that we just read from Apostle Paul knew this about words, but he knew this truth much in, in a much more profound way. You see, John's gospel is very different from the other three gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In fact, John's gospel is so different that the other three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are grouped together as the synoptic gospels, whereas John's gospel is simply just called Gospel of John. And, and this is very evident in the very beginning of John 1. You see, when Matthew and Luke are describing Jesus' birth, they describe Jesus' circumstances, where he was born, what city he was born in, who was there, what time of day it happened. But John's version of Jesus' birth is very different. He makes a very strong theological statement. He's not talking about Bethlehem. Okay? He's not talking about shepherds. 
and he's not talking about the Magi. He begins his passage by saying, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. And just from these very first six words, it's packed with meaning. And you could break it down into two sections. In the beginning and was the word. For Jewish readers or Jewish hearers, the first three words of this passage, in the beginning, should harken back to a very familiar passage in the Old Testament, which is Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, Apostle John, being one of Jesus' 12 disciples, he came from a Jewish background, and so this was no accident. He intentionally began his gospel of Jesus Christ in the same way that Genesis 1 began, in the beginning. And so, with these three words, he's hearkening back to Genesis 1 when God created new life, a new world, and a new creation. So for the Jewish listener, as soon as they hear these first three words, it should immediately remind them of the time when God created the heavens and the earth. The, earth, the universe was described as being formless, empty, and dark in Genesis 1. And over billions and billions of years, God took these random particles, gases, and molecules and brought them together to create planets, stars, the moons, and eventually life itself. But how did God do this? He used his word. He simply said, let there be light. And there was light. He said, let there be water and dry land. And there was water and dry land. And he said, let us create humankind in our own image. And God created male and female. God created the entire universe with his word. But this understanding of word goes even deeper than that. You see, in the Greco-Roman culture, the idea of word is much broader than simply the cause of creation. This is why the second portion of, these, of, of, the, of that verse is uh, just as significant. When Jesus came into this world, we have to remember the world that he was born into, which was the Roman Empire, and the Greco-Roman culture understood this idea of word or logos uh, as being very, very profound. And this is before uh, the formation of technical science, right? And so a lot of things that they couldn't explain that we can explain with science today, they had to come up with these concepts or ideas. And one of these concepts was logos, this idea of word, which was this intangible element that brought the universe together. It was common sense. It was truth. It was order. In John's gospel, the birth narrative begins in this very unique way because he, Apostle John, was making a profound theological statement about the divinity of Jesus Christ. And he, he, he even breaks it down for us further in the following verses. In verse 3, he says, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. And so if Jesus is calling, if, if John is calling Jesus the word or the logos, he's saying Jesus was there at creation. Jesus was creator. And then in verse 4, John continues and he says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And now Jesus, uh, John is saying that Jesus was the giver of life. 
And then in verse 5, John says of Jesus, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John is saying that Jesus is the light in the darkness. Jesus is the creator or the one that brings order into this world. Jesus is the giver of life. And Jesus is the light in the darkness. This is why Jesus came into the world. And this is why Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Now that's the big picture. Think about yourselves. How does Jesus need to enter into your life in the new year, 2019? How does God want to bring order, life, or light into your lives? Let us pray.